Field carry permit holders that are committing crimes because the lawful gun owner will say that you're attacking the wrong person. It's really people that are getting these guns illegally that are causing the violence, not the people going and getting the permit legally. And that's the basis for the whole Supreme Court argument. Do you have the numbers? I don't need to have numbers. I don't need, I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is going to matter. All I know is I have a responsibility to the people of this state to have sensible gun safety laws. And this one was not devised by the Hochul administration. It comes out of an administration from 1908. That's the governor of New York. She doesn't need to know data. She doesn't have any need uh, for, for facts to back up her position, her anti-Second Amendment position. No, no, no. Uh, she knows what she has to do. You know, this is very, um, uh, very much uh, reminiscent of, uh, of Representative Ocasio-Cortez, where um, uh, she doesn't have to be factually correct. What she needs to be is morally right. This was uh, a statement she made a while ago couple of years back and was talking to Anderson Cooper about it and she said please facts or one word there I would argue that they're missing the forest for the trees I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely factually and semantically correct than about being morally right Clearly, this is how Governor Hochul feels. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Remember that in that statement, both Governor Hochul both representative, and also Representative Ocasio-Cortez, they believe themselves to be morally right. Yet, while the Supreme Court once again affirms your right to keep and bear arms, the state of New York continues to try and limit that right. And in California, well, uh, they don't believe in privacy at all, even though abortion is supposed to be all about privacy rights. Cam Edwards joins us right now. He is the editor of BearingArms.com. He is your Second Amendment expert. Those are my words right there. Maybe not his, but damn it, he knows more than I do. Uh, Let's start with California. This leak that has taken place of the information, the private information of firearms owners, including driver's license numbers, and as you write about it just today, worse than originally admitted. So first, let's start with what we knew, and then what makes it worse. Sure. Uh, thanks, Tony. So, yeah, so so the initial reports, uh, at least the initial admission from Attorney General Rob Bonta was that Concealed carry application information had been uh, made available for download uh, on this data portal that the uh, Office of the Attorney General announced with great fanfare this week, talking about increasing transparency. So much transparency that, as you said, people could click a link and then they could download all of the personal details of those who had applied for a concealed carry license. And not just those who were approved, but those who were rejected as well. As you say, we're talking names, we're talking addresses, we're talking driver's license info. Uh, But yesterday afternoon, the Attorney General announced that other databases were publicly accessible as well, including uh, the Extreme Risk Protection Order database, Tony, the red flags in California. So all of the red flag petitions apparently were available to be downloaded for uh, an undetermined period of time. 
the dealer record of sales. So all of the firearm sales records in the state of California were made available for a period of time. Um, you know, this is the, the state of California collects so much information about gun owners. And we as Second Amendment activists have been talking about the dangers of this for some time. Right. Not just that. Well, they want a gun registry so they know where the guns are so they can go get them if they uh, decide to confiscate them. But just the the danger that all of these Californians are now put in. Criminals have been given a, a shopping list of where to go to, where the guns are. You've got judges. You've got prosecutors. You've got exes who have left their abusive spouses or their abusive boyfriend or girlfriend who don't want them to know where they live now. All of those individuals have been exposed because of this data leak. And while Rob Bonta says that he is angry and deeply disappointed, you know, so far the only step that the attorney general's office has offered these folks is, well, we'll uh, we'll give you some free credit reporting for a couple of months in case somebody steals your identity. What about the folks who now break into people's homes? What about the home invasions that take place? What about the kidnappings? What about the murders that could take place because of the release of this confidential and private information in California? So let's take the first step first just for a moment. Is the is the better situation here not to keep records of these things? I mean, it, it is the government. They keep records of everything. I'm not saying they should, but is the argument that there should be no records? Well, my argument would be no records. Uh, you know, the federal government is supposed to destroy uh, uh, Nick's records after 30 days so that they don't keep a permanent record. California takes the opposite view. And, in fact, it was 10 years' worth of concealed carry data that was leaked online from 2011 to 2021. We don't know if the same is true for the dealer record of sales or the ERPO orders, uh, but that is a, an insane amount of information that the state of California is hanging on to. Uh, but then again, you know, a couple of years ago, actually earlier this year, Gavin Newsom signed a bill that was, again, designed to release some of this data. So, for instance, this portal was supposed to work that you could go and you could look and see the name and the county of concealed carry applicants or concealed carry permit holders, but you wouldn't get their actual address. So the release of the information that they were trying to do, I think, was bad enough. Um, but if they can't manage this data or if they if someone in that attorney general's office intentionally, uh, you know, uh, changed the code so that this was all publicly accessible information. Again, it doesn't really matter what the what the what the motivation for this was. What matters is the outcome. And the outcome to me proves that states cannot be trusted to maintain this data because they cannot be trusted to keep it secure. Talking to Cam Edwards, the editor of Bearing Arms, B-E-A-R-I-N-G, BearingArms.com. Let's go back to this Attorney General Bonta. Uh, when I first read the reporting, I was left with the feel based on the reporting itself and, and the sites that I got it from. And I, I was aware that there was an absolute anger about this. It seemed to me there had been a question about whether or not this was a data breach or this was, oh, no, a data breach. How did that happen? Is mm. there any info anywhere, legitimate, proper, categorized information that says maybe the attorney general's office wanted to apply the pressure? Maybe somebody did this as a way of a, of a, of a blank you to a whole bunch of firearms owners in California? Not at the moment, because Bonda's office is really issuing some, you know, non-responsive responses so far. So they've, they've, they've been incredibly uh, untransparent and opaque uh, about what their investigation has shown to this point. But, 
You know, Tony, listen, here's the thing. And I, I said this at Barry and Arms. I, I am somewhat skeptical of the idea that Rob Bonta himself said, let's release this information. Right. Because there, there are going to be a lot of high-dollar Democratic donors in Silicon Valley and Hollywood who have the power and the influence to get those rare concealed carry permits, right? And their, their information is now exposed. But the idea that there's some anti-gun nut working in the AG's office who said, oh, these dirty, rotten gun owners, they're going to get what's coming to them, that sounds incredibly plausible to me. Uh, because the other idea is that somehow the coding of this database and, and the, the public portal uh, went through all of the beta testing, the layers of bureaucratic approval, and nobody actually checked to see that this data was secure and that they weren't releasing information that they're not supposed to release. I, I mean, look, either incompetence or, or maliciousness is to blame here. Uh, but either way, the responsibility falls on Rob Bonta because he's the head of that office. And I, I, I said today at BarryAndArms.com that Rob Bonta should resign. You know, you, you take a look at what they call Occam's razor, that the simplest answer is usually the right one. Then there's Hanlon's uh, razor that says never ascribe to malice what can be uh, ascribed to uh, sheer ignorance and stupidity. Uh, and that's possible. Uh, the problem is it's plausible in a world of Supreme Court leaks and leaks within the, the Trump administration that something indeed purposely and willfully got leaked. Talking to uh, Cam Edwards of BearingArms.com, let me move you over to New York, where you heard me play the audio from Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, you want to talk about somebody who, honestly, if she could stand on a balcony, cross her arms, and tell you about how she's making the trains run on time, she'd do it. That's the kind of take you get from Governor Hochul. And now you're talking about more legislation, more regulations from New York that people are already saying this violates Bruin, the decision that the Supreme Court just came down with, New York Pistol and Rifle Association against Bruin. Uh, what's the latest here? Yeah, so I actually spoke with the head of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association today. Um, and this is amazing, Tony. So. You know, Hochul brought lawmakers back into Albany for an extraordinary session, uh, specifically to respond to the Supreme Court's decision. As of 1030 Eastern time this morning, no Republican member of the Senate had actually seen the legislation that is going to be introduced and voted on today and presumably signed by Governor Hochul today. They haven't even had a chance to look at the bill. So all we know is what Hochul has talked about in interviews. But based on what she has said alone, this is clearly an attempt to defy what the Supreme Court said in Bruin. I mean, she is talking about making every private business a gun-free zone by default. She is talking about banning guns from most public spaces. Somebody asked her yesterday, well, I mean, it sounds like this is a complete ban on carrying. And she said, no, the court told me I can't do that. And she said, well, where can you carry? And Hochul's response was, well, maybe some streets. You know, listen, Clarence Thomas talked about the general right to carry in self-defense in public. Uh, what Hochul is doing here turns that right again into a, a non-entity. Uh, and in addition to all of the sensitive places that she's trying to define, they're also imposing some incredibly burdensome training standards. She wants 15 hours of live fire range training in addition to however many numbers of classroom hour training that, uh, that she wants to impose. But 15 hours of, of range time, Tony, the cost of ammunition alone for folks to try to satisfy that requirement is going to price the right to bear arms out of the, the means and reach of a lot of New Yorkers. And I talked with Tom King, as I said, the head of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association today. He said, listen, we have a range shortage in this state. 
Most of the ranges are privately owned and operated by gun clubs. They don't offer this type of training. He said in the Albany area, which is home to about 2 million people, he said there are two public ranges. So how are folks supposed to get this training? They're not, and that's by design. All of these efforts are designed to artificially depress the number of New Yorkers who are exercising the right to bear arms. And again, that is a defiance of what the Supreme Court said. So I do expect that uh, if these bills get signed into law today, we may see a court challenge filed tomorrow. Uh, you know, we have a holiday weekend, so it may be next Tuesday before those lawsuits are filed. But I expect that they are coming, and I am hopeful that there will be a request for, a, uh, for an injunction uh, that would actually prevent any of these new gun control laws from actually taking effect. It's, there's something to learn here about the willingness of the Democratic Party, because that's what we're referring to here, to say, we don't like the, what the court did. They're, they're supposed to side with us. They didn't side with us. And let's dismiss them and then actively do it. And it, this will this will get discussed as well. You know, Kathy Hochul's really trying to protect uh, the, the the people. There's a this willingness, this desire to actively engage in a dismissal of of a branch of government, a dismissal of the court to really engage in. I mean, when you have people like uh, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, Blanca, Clarence Thomas, and and you've got uh, Chelsea Handler filling in for Jimmy Kimmel, uh, telling, uh, you know, uh, Ginny Thomas may be married to a black man, but she's still a racist. It's remarkable how they just push right through and there is no... Uh, push back on this uh, as as a guy who talks about rights often. I mean, that's that is really the focus of what you do, right? It's more than just mm-hmm. the Second Amendment. It's about the idea that rights exist and you have the right to exercise them. Um, how how concerning is the rhetoric versus the reality? Well, I, you know, I, I think the rhetoric is very concerning, and I think the immediate reality. Is, is frankly just as concerning because, again, what they're doing here are trying to deprive people of exercising a constitutional right. You know, I, I live outside of a town called Farmville, Virginia, which back in the 1950s was actually uh, home to a majority of the cases that ended up comprising Brown versus Board of Education. You had black students walk out of their high school because of the unequal treatment that they were receiving. And when the Supreme Court handed down Brown versus Board of Education, they said, listen, you've got to integrate public schools. Prince Edward County, which is where Farmville is located, they shut down the private schools for five years rather than integrate. And I got to tell you, I'm getting that same vibe right now, Tony, seeing these modern-day Democrats stand in the door of the courthouse, stand in the door of the sheriff's office, say, you will not apply for a concealed carry license. We're going to make it as hard as possible for you to exercise your right because we don't like that. We don't like that right. We don't like you carrying a gun around. We have to protect you from yourselves. It is not just uh, demeaning. It is not just, you know, uh, uh, an elitist attitude. Uh, It is fundamentally un-American. It is fundamentally unconstitutional. It is disgusting to see this type of behavior. You don't have to agree with the court's decision. Kathy Ogle can, can, you know, uh, complain about it as much as she wants. But the Supreme Court said in no uncertain terms that what they're doing is violating the constitutional rights of New York residents. And Kathy Ogle is doubling down on doing exactly that. Cam Edwards is his name. Find him on Twitter, Cam Edwards, C-A-M-E-D-W-A-R-D-S. I I spelled it out just in case you needed it. Cam Edwards on the Twitter box, bearingarms.com. That is the site. Be sure to check it out. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.